I know my limits, and I can't compete with children or animals. So we're going to eliminate all of them for the next few moments. We'll see what we can do here. So they did a great job, didn't they? They did a great job. Anyway, thanks to, uh, I'll thank them, but I, I also did to Betty Joe and to all of our staff, and Peggy and Janice and Heather and, and Jerry, and then also to Cameron and Jack and Rosanna and uh, Fareed and the Animal Wranglers, which there have been many. The theme of their play, you know, that you heard them talking about was experiencing God at Christmas. And so many people want to experience God. You know, not everyone, but a lot of people do. And so when they want to do that, they often will they'll go into nature or they'll go to a guru or a master or they'll go on a pilgrimage or they'll go to a retreat center, you know, and people are, they often go to find God. But the theme today in the context of this Christmas story is not that we go to God, but he came to us. He, he came and he experienced life as a man so that man can experience life with God. Um, consider these statements from Scripture. Like in 1 John 1, um, it says, So the Word, talking about Jesus, became human and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Philippians 2 says that Jesus was born as a human being and he appeared in human form and he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Hebrews 2 says, speaking of mankind, talking about mankind, it says that human beings, that Jesus was made like human beings of flesh and blood. And the Son also became flesh and blood. Human beings made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And only in this way could he set free all who lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Galatians 4. But when the time was right, God sent his own son and he came as the son and human mother and lived under the law to redeem those who were also under the law so that we may become God's children. Romans 3, he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Did did you happen to catch that in the theme of God sending his son and tracking that theme of God sending his son, there was another theme in all those verses. And that other theme was he came God sent his son, he's in the flesh, he's in a body, he came to die. He came to die. Philippians 2 says it like this, he was humble, he said, it says there, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death. Hebrews says, for only as a human could he die. Galatians 4 says that he came to redeem, that in words he's saying he came to die for those under the law. Romans 3 says that God declared an end to sin's death, sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Paul says it like this in 1 Timothy. He says that Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners. And then Jesus himself said, I did not come in the world to be served, 
but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. He's saying, I didn't come here to be a celebrity. I didn't come here to get the attention. I didn't come here to get served. I came to serve others by giving my life as a ransom for them. To give his life as a ransom. Ransom speaks to trading off something, does it not? You know, it's kind of like, you have what I want and I have what you want, so I'll give you this if you'll give me that, you know? And Christ says, I gave my, ran- my life as a ransom for many. A ransom for what? You see, you and I have broken God's law. It's just like the laws of Pennsylvania. You know, if you break the law, you owe a penalty. And until you pay the penalty, you and the state of Pennsylvania are at odds with one another. And in God's celestial judicial system, the same thing exists. He has laws. And when we break those laws, we're at odds with one another until a penalty has been paid to reconcile God back to man. And so, you know, there are a lot of people who feel like, I've never really broken God's laws. I don't really know what they are, perhaps many of them. Are. So let's just list them, you know. God gave Ten Commandments, and so that was the basis for establishing man as fallen and as sinners. And so then, you know, did you ever lie? Well, most of us started that really early. No, Mommy, I didn't take that cookie. Did you ever cheat? Probably about the time you started getting grades in school, you might have started that habit. Did you ever lust? Have you ever stolen? If you've ever broken any of those, any of those at all, any of those Ten Commandments, then you've broken God's law. And if you've broken God's law, then you and him are at odds with each other. You've broken his law and you owe a penalty to be able to get back and to good grace with him. And that's just not possible. That penalty is a humongous penalty. It is an amazing penalty because the penalty that has to be made to rectify man to act to God is a sinless, whole, pure life. That's what he demands to bring man and God back together. And if you have stolen, lied, cheated, lusted, any of those things, then you don't have that life to offer. You need a life like that for yourself. And scripture says that he came to ransom himself for us. He came to pay our penalty. His birth is stunning. There's no doubt about that. That will only happen one time in history. Matter of fact, that will only happen one time in eternity. And that in itself is reason to celebrate. But Jesus could not save us by being born of a virgin. That doesn't save us. He lived a sinless life. But there was no saving power in living a sinless life in and of itself. His lifestyle was without equal, but it did not pay our penalty. His teaching was amazing. It was the greatest truth ever revealed to the world. But that teaching does not pay our penalty. The only payment for our penalty that would satisfy God's judicial system was the sacrifice, the death of a sinless, pure, holy life. And Jesus, the sinless and holy Son of God, came to die for us. There's so much more about Jesus that is matchless, unparalleled, never to be seen or heard again. But none of those things that he said, none of the people he ever healed, none of the miracles he ever did, none of that is why he came. He came to pay 
your penalty and my penalty, and that was God's plan. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he, he gave, he sent his one and only son so that whoever would believe, not work, believe, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Um, John MacArthur, our pastor on the West Coast, said this this week, and I can't improve on it, and I really like it, so I'm reading what he said, and it's really good. Here's a side of the Christmas story that isn't often told. Those soft little hands, fashioned by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb, were made so that nails might be driven through them. Those baby feet, pink and unable to walk, would one day stagger up a dusty hill to be nailed to a cross. That sweet infant's head with sparkling eyes and eager mouth was formed so that someday men would force crown of thorns onto it. And that body, tender, warm, and soft, wrapped in swaddling clothes, would one day be pierced by a spear. Jesus was born to die. A few moments ago, the children sang in one of their songs, Light has come. All is bright, fears are drowned, hope ignites. You have come to rescue us. In your hope we rest tonight. He came, and he experienced life as a man, so that man could experience life with him. A life that with God means that those fears are drowned. One with a relationship with God doesn't have to fear death. There is hope. There is light. And Jesus came so that the penalty of death, which is demanded of every person who's ever broken God's law, would lose its power because he paid it. For you and I to experience God and to have your penalty paid, you simply must come to the conclusion that you could never pay that penalty yourself. You can never do enough good things. You can't buy it. You can't confess it. You can't pray enough good prayers. You can't crawl across broken glass. There's just nothing you can do that would pay the penalty for your sin unless you lived a sinless life. And only Jesus did that. And then he died to pay that penalty for us. Except God. He steps into that place where we have a void. He steps into that and accepts that that baby that we celebrate this week grew up and lived a sinless life and then died a death that he didn't have to. Accept that unless that had happened, your debt, my debt, would never be paid. It would never happen. And so this morning, I just, I mean, it's just the question that you can answer today or you can answer some other day before him perhaps. But the question is this, are you convinced that you can never do enough to pay for your debt, to pay your penalty? Are you convinced of that? Are you convinced you could never do enough? Are you convinced that like it's, that price is too great for you to be able to pay? Some people will spend a lifetime, a lifetime, a lifetime, time, hoping that they've done enough to pay that debt. And on their deathbed, their only wonder is, have I done enough? Because they know in a moment, they'll wake up on the other side 
and they'll know for sure. Are you convinced that you've done enough to pay your debt? Are you convinced that between now and the day you die that you've done enough to pay your debt? I hope that the answer to that is, yes, I'm convinced that I could never pay enough. I hope that you understand that Jesus died so that you don't have to. I hope that you understand that Jesus came, he was born, and he lived that life, and he died on that cross so that you could not have to worry about that, so that you would know for certain that when you close your eyes in this life for the first time, that when you open them in the next life, that there you would find him and him alone. Living like that is hope. That's why the song says that, that you, hope ignites in the life of someone who knows for certain that their sins are paid for and that they don't have to worry about that debt. Hope ignites in that kind of life. But I've seen the burial of those who couldn't say that. And it is a dreadfully painful The story of Jesus coming to you and I is so simple that children can tell the story themselves just like they did in song, in word. They can tell the story. It's that simple. Believe that Jesus paid the penalty for your sin is a simple thing to do. It's just believing. And when you believe that, all your sins are forgiven. All of them are forgiven. All the ones you've ever done in the past, all the ones you would do in the future, they're done. That's why Jesus came to the earth. He came so that they'd be paid for it. That is why we celebrate. This morning, I want to pray. And, and this morning, I'm praying for anyone in this room who knows that they could never do enough. I'm praying for anyone in this room who needs to believe that Christ died for their sin and that is their forgiveness. You might be afraid of doing that. You might be worried that your, what your wife will say or your husband will say or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your mother or your father might say if you believe in Christ. You might be afraid of becoming a Bible thumper and being some kind of a caricature off of a TV show or a Christian geek. Um, there are a few of us like that around here. Um, You might be afraid that you'll never have fun again. You might be afraid that you'll lose control of your life. But in the hope of Christ, fears are drowned out. This morning, I want to pray for you if you're trying to make that decision, that you'll lose your fears and you'll trust Christ this morning. All you have to do to trust Christ is simply tell him that you understand that you can never do enough to pay for your sin and that you understand, maybe not completely or fully, but you understand that Jesus died for your sin and you'd like that his death to be your your payment for your sin that's all there is to it really so this morning um i want us to pray we'll have a moment of silence and if that is something that you need to do so that you are sure about your sin payment so that you can have hope ignite in you i would love for you to do that just talk to him in your own words there in silence and explain that to him He'll hear it. He'll know it. He'll log that to your account and say, paid in full. If you're just sincere and honest with him. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I just want to thank you very much for the the message of hope 
for the message of that the children sang for us. Jesus born in Bethlehem. And Father, there are some of us who don't understand that message or some of us who are maybe coming to an understanding of that message. And this morning I pray that if there's anyone among us who knows they need to trust you as a Savior but is afraid to, is halting, is slowing down, is, is just not sure yet, that you would give them the confidence of heart to take that spiritual step. And right now, right now, speak to you and tell you that they need you as their Savior. They need the price that Christ paid to serve as their payment. Right now, I'll just give you a moment of silence to just talk to the Lord if you want to tell him that yourself. If you prayed those words for the very first time, I would love to know that. You don't, I'm not going to call you up. I'm not even going to talk to you after the service. I'd just love to know that you did that, perhaps. Would you just raise your hand? If you did that this morning, would you just raise your hand? Father, this morning, we thank you for those who have stepped over that line of faith and stepped into a saving relationship with you. We thank you that you've done that for so many in this room. I thank you that you did it for me. And that as a a 12-year-old, I didn't fully understand everything that was said to me, but I knew I needed Jesus. I didn't even understand completely why. I just knew I needed Jesus. And in the years since then, you continue to unfold the depth of my sin and the unboundless wealth of your forgiveness. And I thank you for that. I thank you that you did send your son as a meek, humble, weak child who grew up to be a sinless, faultless man and who died on behalf of me and every man, woman, and child in the world. Father, may we leave here today celebrating Jesus, not because he came, but because he died on our behalf. Unto you, O Lord, only you is deserving of great, great praise, great glory, and great majesty. And this morning we pause because you had a plan that we cannot even fathom. This morning we pause to think of the sacrifice that you paid that none of us would pay. This morning we pause to thank you that your plan was designed to benefit us and to bring us into a saving relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for that. Such small words for such a deep, deep truth. We thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.